0: on Cambridge 105 Radio.
1: This radio programme, featuring the music of 1914, was broadcast in April 2020 and features guest co-host Liam Higgins. Right now, supporters on Patreon are listening to the show for 1925 or anything else from Centuries of Sounds Archive, including full-length mixes for the years 1816 to 1945, and 2016 to 2019. Join them and help this project survive at patreon.com/centuriesofsound. Hello and welcome to Centuries of Sound, the show where we use archive audio to take a deep dive into the ancient history of recorded sound. My name is James Errington. I run the Centuries of Sound website. We're making a soundscape style mix for every year. And today I'm joined by Liam Higgins of this show Mm -hmm. and no other show at the moment.
2: Currently no other show at the moment, but we're always asking. So if
1: you'd like to hire Liam for your show, contact us via the usual address, centuriesofsoundmail at gmail.com. We've just heard... Pale Kei Lua, the rosary, that was uh, Mm. some... uh, Where would you imagine that's from? Southern United States? Well, that's from uh, Hawaii. Okay. Which I guess is technically the southern United States. No,
2: that's that's kind of, you know, mid, very, very
1: western. It's uh, out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, Yeah.
2: but it's definitely to the west of the United States. Mm.
1: The Hawaiian influence on american music is one of those things that people don't really uh, appreciate quite so much but um the steel guitar in country music and uh some elements of jazz it kind of comes from this hawaiian craze of the 1910s which uh, we hear a little bit of every week but a very pleasant way to begin our mix so this year we've gone back to the year 1914 which is a year that uh, many people will know. Because of its impending doom. I don't know if the doom is impending or if it's already arrived. Um, well, it was impending at the time. Yeah, it was impending at the beginning of the year and by the end of and the no year. And no one realised. It was one of those things where they thought
2: that it could not happen. And it's a warning from history. that it is, yeah. That people said, we're all too interconnected. It could not happen. Mm-hmm. But it did
1: and uh, people say similar things these days. So um, exactly. So it's a warning from hmm. history. All right. So 1914. Um, what was it like to be alive in 1914?
2: I think probably in 1914 it felt really, really good. Like you're at the height of the British Empire. Everything seems to be going really well. There are some ominous noises coming from Germany, but yeah, you think it's all going to be fine. Yeah, it's it's, not it's pay all fine, and no one can ever have a war because. We're all too economically interconnected. Mm.
1: So, in researching this, I listened to a lot of uh, uh, BBC, uh, most mostly BBC things about the First World War, and especially the beginning. They seem to invest a lot of money in the beginning of the war, and um, it's it's an amazing thing to listen to the beginning of the First World War and how it how it all took place because. I mean, every moment listening to it, no matter how many different uh, versions of it you listen to, you always think, "Yeah, they're not going to go to war. It's just ridiculous. There's no reason that they're going to go to war. Somebody's going to see that this is a silly idea." And no, it always, it always happens the same way, obviously, because that's how history works. But sure. um, it is a ridiculous. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'd like to quiz you. What What do you know about the start of the of the First World War? How did it all begin?
2: Um. So. It starts with um, the assassination <laughs> in Sarajevo.
1: I think we can take it Ridiculous. a bit a bit further back. Than that, I mean, perhaps. you've got
2: you've got military build up in both um, with Germans in terms of naval build up mm. and the British matching them, um, and you've got the um, Triple Entente making alliances. You've got. The Germans making alliances with the Austrians, and um, yeah, like it's this, it's this idea essentially of creating defensive alliances because you think that that will prevent war.
1: And the assassination, the uh, Archduke Franz Ferdinand of of Franz Ferdinand. Poor Franz Ferdinand.
2: He was the one of the most liberal. Mm. Um, leaders of Austria-Hungary at the time um, he was the one arguing much more for peace than for war
1: mm. but uh, that's the, the ideal to person the to one, assassinate if you want to war well
2: it's the one that's going to be the most exposed because he's exposing himself to you
1: mm. um, not, not literally yeah, we not, not generally good. <laughs> yeah, um yeah so his assassination is a is a kind of bizarre story mm-hmm. as well he decided to go to Sarajevo yep. to uh to celebrate their taking over of of Sarajevo at the at a, at a time that was not ideal it was an important day for the serbs mm-hmm. in bosnia um so it was a bit of a silly thing to do in the first place to arrive there um on that day but as far as the assassination went so uh do you know the name of his assassin
2: um I want Anton Gustav. <laughs> it's a Gavrilo Princep. Damn it. That's his name. Yeah. My, so my history teacher who lives in Cambridge will be very angry right now. If they're listening. That's, 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 so right, that's right.
1: Um, so, yeah, uh, Gavrilo Princep, he, uh, he went with uh, the. What, what were the gang called? Black Hand Gang. The Black Hand Gang, which is the best name for a, a gang to start all the troubles of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. Well done in the naming committee there. They, they went there, they brought some guns. And uh, they fired on his uh, what do you call it the, his... his parade. And, no,
2: uh I mean it would more like um, cavalcade. What a cavalcade. It doesn't sound. No, like no, fasted, that's, is, not is, right, it. that's
1: not right. Um, so they 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 fired on his uh, his train of carriages, and they mm. they killed and w- and wounded a few people. And um yeah uh, what did what did uh, the prince um what did uh, the archduke Franz Ferdinand do at that moment He decided he
2: should carry on yeah. and they should go and I mean, I th- it's more complicated than that. Like, I, as I understand it, they were going to change route, but then they changed back to the normal route. Well, he
1: went to visit some of the wounded in hospital, mm-hmm. and then he decided, uh, yeah, to go go back to his accommodation. I think wherever mm-hmm. that was, and the uh, the driver decided to take a shortcut, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that then, took them back onto the
2: original route that they were going to be on. Well, it
1: took him down a side road, and right. it happened that on that side road. Uh, Gavrilo Princep was in a cafe mm-hmm. on that side road. And uh, he said, oh, that's the Archduke. And he mm-hmm. uh, he jumped out and shot him and his wife. And uh, then the 20th century happened. Yeah. Cheers, Gavrilo Princep, uh, who died We're Starting of,
2: the 20th century, 15... Mm. or oh, no, 14 two years too late.
1: Yeah. I mean, he, he died... Was it of tuberculosis? Um, anyway, he, he died... Uh, Um, in 1917 in a prison. Mm. It was not executed for that. Um, But yeah, from that and the um, belligerence and intransigence of the Austrians and the uh, keenness to go to war of the Germans and uh, the not backing downness of the uh, Russians and the uh, insistence of the Germans of going through Belgium and the insistence of the British public of uh, protesting about that until they went to war. Mm. Then we got the First World War. So, cheers. Well done, guys. Uh, excellent job there. And now, you know how it sounds
2: complicated there? Um, it was definitely a lot more complicated Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. There's a TV series. Is it called 100 and... It's, it's called 49 Days. That's the one. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? That's quite good. No, I have not. Um, that's about, about the going to war from the British I'm making notes right side. now. No, there's, there's loads of good things I, I, I watched and listened to when I was uh, researching this originally. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a bad business, the war. And we've got some songs about it, sort of, um, songs that were popular as the soldiers marched after war. First of all, there was the British Expeditionary Force in 1914, and uh, then they had Conscription a little later in the year. And uh, yeah, as they marched off, they listened to, uh, first of all, a song called It's a Long Way to Tipperary, which was not written as a war song, it was just a popular song of the day. Um, but, and it goes like uh, and it goes like this we, we, well, we're going to hear three versions of this and um, they are not um, well I think one of them is possibly from the UK, but two of them are definitely not. Um, first is by uh, Billy Murray and the American Quartet, second by Stanley Kirby that might be from the UK. Then we have a uh, Prince's Orchestra, which is uh, the first and the third are definitely recorded in New York um, as the recording industry basically was in this year so let's have a listen to this song and then see how we feel about it
0: Mighty London
3: came an Irishman one day. As the streets are paved with gold, sure everyone was gay, singing songs of Piccadilly, Strand, and Leicester Square. Till Paddy got excited, then he shouted to them there It's a long way to Tipperary. It's a long way to go. It's a long way. To Tipperary, to the sweetest girl I know. Goodbye, Piccadilly. Farewell, Let's Square. It's a long, long way to Tipperary, but my heart. Irish Molly-O, saying, should you not receive it, write and let me know. If I make mistakes in spelling, Molly, dear, said he, remember it's the pen that's bad, don't lay the blame on me. It's a long way to Tipperary, it's a long way to go. It's a long way to Tipperary, to the sweetest girl I know. Dear Lee, farewell, Leicester Square. It's a long, long way to Tipperary, but my heart's right there.
1: So that was three different versions of "It's a Long Way to Tipperary," the uh, one of the smash hits of the year in 1914. So, uh, are you impressed by any of those versions? I, I mean, I particularly like the original version um, because mm-hmm. that is the one
2: that reminds me of my kind of auditory vision of how the First World War is and and started. Like when I was a small child, like that was a song that my dad sang to me. Like.
4: Yeah, we sang it in the um, car. It's, you know, a hey, to to, it's a
2: long way to Liverpool. It's a long way to go. So, for me, anyway, that is—it's quite a sort of—it's a significant song in mm-hmm. the history of the British Isles. Yeah, and yeah, particularly okay. the British Empire and nation.
1: The—the the, I should say—the—the the better First World War songs really come along in nineteen eighteen. Um, but After we will—we will hear another. Almost finished. Uh, when the Americans get involved, they yeah, start but I to be mean, making It's, it's songs, almost you know? finished. Okay, let, let's hear something else along the same lines. This is another famous song of the First World War, but one that hasn't survived quite so well. It's called Sister Susie's Sewing Shirts for Soldiers.
3: kitchen on a finger, there's miles and miles of flannel on the floor and up the stairs, and father says it's rotten getting mixed up with the cotton, and sitting on the needles that she leaves upon the chairs, and should you knock at our street door, my whispers come inside, then when you ask where Susie is, she says with loving pride, the Susie sewing shirts for soldiers. Such in that sewing shirts are shy young sister Susie shows. Some soldiers send their pistols. Say they'd sooner sleep in sistles. Than the salty soft short shirts for soldiers, Sister Susie songs <laughs> I forgot to tell you that our sister Susie's married And when she isn't sewing shirts, she's sewing other things Then little sister Molly says, oh, sister's bought a dolly She's making all the clothes for it with pretty bows and strings Says Susie, don't be silly, as she blushes and she sighs then mother smiles and whispers with a twinkle in her eyes. Sister Susie sewing shirts for soldiers. Such ill sewing shirts our shy young Sister Susie shows. Some soldiers send epistles, say they'd sooner sleep in fizzles. Than a saucy soft short shirts for soldiers Sister Susie sewed. Ah, well, I'm glad that's off my chest. Now I'd like to have everybody join in the chorus. It isn't as hard as it sounds, not nearly as difficult as uh, Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers, or she sells seashells by the seashore, but you must be sober before you try it. Come now, all together.
4: Sister 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 Susie's sewing sewing shirts for
2: soldiers. Such skill at sewing shirts, our young young sister Susie shows. Some soldiers send epistles, say they're sooner sleep in thistles than the saucy soft shorts that soldier's sister Susie shows.
1: Woo! Well done. All right, so that's the second of our World War One songs. That's not so well remembered Can these we days. Can we have the
2: additional choruses?
1: No, (laughs) that's not even in the song.
2: Cecily sits shelling shelling shrimps for soldiers. Sailors. Hang on. okay, one more time. Cecily sits shelling shrimps for sailors. At At sedentary sedentary, shrimp shrimp shelling,
1: shelling, sweet Cecily excels. Some Some sailors send dispatches, dispatches, citing shoddy shrimp she catches. For for the salty, salty, sour, shriveled shriveled shrimp, sweet Cecily unshells.
2: Hang on, so, Pippa puts pink piping, piping on for pilots,
1: Pippin's pink per- piping parts her purple Polish pilots' pants, but prissy Polish pilots hide their pretty pink in public and prefer pale pilot pantaloons to Pippa's pink
2: pipe pants.
1: So that was uh, Sister Susie's Sewing Shirts for Soldiers, joined in at the end here by Mr. Liam Higgins. At the and end? At the end, yeah. At the it end. was for the second chorus, as uh, encouraged by Mr. Billy Murray. My cruel
2: editor over here.
1: Uh, Billy Murray was the uh, major singing star of his day and uh, an American. And uh, yeah, he uh, is performing this piece in a kind of uh, musical slash vaudeville manner. Um, what's the World War One connection it was a hit that mentioned soldiers therefore that's all you need to make a million whilst the war is on indeed we're going to hear one other song briefly uh, about the First World War this one's uh, uh, from the UK um, unusually in this case um, because the record industry wasn't doing too well over here and this one's called Belgium put the kibosh on the Kaiser
5: good evening people the game the Kaiser, full of, of sausage French, if only in it be. Then went and broke his promise. It was made in Germany. He shook hands with Britannia, and eternal peace he swore. The naughty boy, he spoke a feast while he prepared for war. He stirred a little earlier, The serve dirty trick. But dirty nights at Liage quite upset this dirty dick. His luggage labelled England. His program nicely set. He shunned at first off Paris, but he hasn't got there yet. It was Belgium put the
1: Kaibosh
5: on the Kaiser. You're a from the cane and made him sore. And on his throne it hurts to sit. And when John Bull starts to hit, he may never sit upon it anymore. was Belgium put the kibosh on the Kaiser. You're a from the cane and made him sore. And now he's landed in the woods. We won't buy his German goods. And we'll never taste his lager anymore. Stick to the British whiskey you used to. Ah, the great fellow of the Kaiser, he and his German culture. He quickly gets a little bit of British physical culture. That'll do him now. What about General Bon's clack? Clack clock Ah. He's no chicken. He'll never cluck again. The French have broken his right wing. I was speaking to an Irish friend of mine the other day, one of the Dublin Fusiliers was over home. He was just with a shot through the arm. He said, I'll be back again in a fortnight, sir. I said, well, how are you getting on with the Germans? He says either like a lot of rabbits in a warren. They're addicted if you can't find them. But one of our young lieutenants of a humorous kind of mine who got them out the other day, he walked right up to the German French and he shouted, Waiter! And there were 208 bombs up and we shot a lot of them. Now, gentlemen, as you were, Kaiser ought to go to school and learn it He a sea. He quite forgot our colonies and our hands across the sea. He'll find we whole forators that will beat his game at nap. Why he didn't know this England just a smaller upon the map. Why Patsy are you vintage? That the Kaiser, I'll be John. He didn't know the Irish, though he may do later on. And though the Kaiser made the war, excuse him for the crime, he blew the ticket attendant, We're not with him at the time. Belgium put the kind on the Kaiser. you dropped the cane, and made him sorry. And will soon shout out with joy. Hold your hand out, naughty boy. You must never play at soldiers anymore. Belgium will put the kibosh on the car. Huh? You're a the cane, a maiden And will make the German fame. Play the tune we understand. Rule Britannia rules the way forever far. That's the British one.
1: So that was Belgium put the kibosh on the Kaiser, performed there by Mr. Jack Sheridan. Um, what would you make on of a that? Point
2: of, well, I mean.
1: Have you drunk any German beer since the First World I War? I have, so I would say
2: that I want I want to uh, impugn his honesty at that point.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is 1914, so I'm afraid he's getting a bit ahead of himself in imagining that mm. the Kaiser is finished in 1914.
2: I mean, the. the he is wrong in the sense that the the, the beer, quality beer is going to lower in the UK and people are going to start drinking Pilsner and uh, bad beer. He you know, to didn't, be didn't anticipate Foster's. Yeah, exactly. Or Stella R12. No,
1: no. Um,
2: OK. No. Right, can I sing it?
1: <laughs> no. OK, there or we go.
2: Belgium put the kibosh on the Kaiser and Europe took a stick and made him stall... On his throne it's host to sit, and when John Bulls starts to hit, he will never sit upon it anymore. He'll be banished to the woods, and we'll bar his German goods, and we'll never drink his lager anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Except
1: yeah. we will. I just imagine the Kaiser sitting there going, I don't care if you're importing German lager, we're going to take over Europe. As he,
2: as he, <laughs> as he, as he drinks English gin.
1: As he drinks English gin, did he drink English gin? What I were the drinking he, habits of the Kaiser? I'm, he's
2: probably like his like his what great grandniece or something. Great grandniece
1: Who would that be? Our queen. Our queen. Does she They're like, like a relate. Does she like a pint all of gin?
2: She loves a pint of gin. A
1: pint of gin, <laughs> <laughs> just wow. on its
2: own, wow. no tonic.
1: That's what. What did What did the What did uh, Princess Margaret drink? Like, she drank gin with this mixer. That's gin this weird and stuff.
2: the blood of plebs. OK,
1: well, you know, runs like water in the palace, obviously. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's the First World War. There's a uh, nasty business all around. Yeah. I was thoroughly against it. Enough of the war songs for now. Mm, um, so f- the First World War is continuing on to Christmas. We have the famous uh, Christmas Truce, which uh, was in various parts of the trenches. Yeah. Um, and then we have the, uh, well, the the football game and the Christmas truce, which may have happened, which may have not happened, or may have happened in places.
2: But I think, it, for me anyway, it's it's significant in the sense that men and normal people um, connect, whereas they are forced by their kind of their masters to be enemies,
4: yeah.
2: you know, rather than be connected around shared interests like football
1: yeah the dehumanizing that went on
2: and there was there were Hmm. orders after the the christmas truce which were saying you must not allow this to happen ever again because this
1: might endanger the war effort on both sides and uh i believe some of them it was the bavarians they were fighting against and uh, they got on very well with the bavarians and uh, then they, they moved the Bavarians to other places because the Bavarians and the English refused to fight each other at that point.
4: Yeah.
0: On Cambridge 105 radio.
1: So what's going on in the world of music? When we last had Liam on, we were on the early days of the 20th century where mm-hmm. we had kind of uh, little bits of kind of uh, more uh, peacocky ragtime going on. Mm-hmm. But otherwise we were the kind of... The main thing
2: of... I remember is the, the last recording of a eunuch.
1: We listened to the last recording of a eunuch. There's no eunuchs in this mix. Um, That we know. As far as I'm aware. What kind of music do we have in 1914? We do not have jazz as yet, I'm afraid. Um, What we do have is the thing that kind of came between ragtime and jazz, Mm -hmm. which was kind of a dead end, but it's an interesting dead end, I'd say. And something that's kind of disappeared from... uh, Popular memory. I've never heard people talk about it till I started researching. What's this.
2: the sort of official name for it then?
1: Um, I will call it hot dance ragtime. It doesn't really have Hang an on. official name. Hot dance ragtime. <laughs> <laughs> um, the main proponent of uh, hot dance ragtime is a hot guy. Dance. There's a guy called Jim Reese Europe. Mm-hmm. Let's have a look what Jim Reese Europe looks like. He's got
2: some fairly hipster glasses.
1: Yeah, yeah. Jim Reese Europe. It's, it's was, the kind uh, of
2: glasses that will come back around after a hundred years.
1: Uh, Jim Jim Reese Europe was important because he brought the first proper kind of a black orchestra to prominence. He 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 was uh, performing in New York with a, a married couple. Um, called the Castles, and they were introducing dances like the foxtrot to the world of society, while his uh, all-black orchestra were playing, and uh, it was revolutionary for the day. Hmm. Uh, kind of amazing that it was that it existed at all. Because um, well, it
2: might not have been allowed by the authorities.
1: God. Yeah, before this, the idea that you'd have like an all-black orchestra, but the Castles insisted that they play, and they played at Carnegie Hall and other places like that. And what did they play? They played ragtime music, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, But instead of playing ragtime as you might remember it, with the piano, with Scott Joplin kind of rags and things like that, they played it for dancing, for Mm -hmm. like crazy wild dancing. Um, It's not, as you will hear, it is not uh, jazz. You'll hear what's the difference between this and jazz because it lacks the kind of blue notes. Mm-hmm. And it lacks the the horns I think is the main thing you kind of think of jazz as with like trumpets and cornets it kind of lacks that as well so how can you make something that's almost jazz without horns and uh, without that kind of a blue note kind of sound as well without that kind of swerve to the notes let's have a listen what it sounds like
2: Yeah let's do it
1: because uh, it is kind of astounding <laughs> Okay, so that was uh, Europe's Society Orchestra with Castle House Rag and Castle Walk, uh, a medley of those two. Um, what did you make of uh, James Reese Europe? It's a, it's an odd thing. It's quite
2: high, like in terms of like the, like the notes, it's quite high.
1: Yeah, I guess. I think you, with with jazz, you're thinking of those kind of early groups, but he's going in the complete with um, like a small group or with kind of horns at the same time, maybe one drummer. But he's going a completely different direction with like lots of uh, drums and lots of like uh strummed instruments like banjos mm-hmm. um which is a really different sound and it's very hard to capture i think it doesn't really come across well in a recording as well mm,
2: i think that's probably it it's just not captured within the recording media
1: and you've got to imagine he's got an orchestra of like fifty or so mm-hmm. people, where whereas it, you know it's in recording studio's got that, ten or so.
2: That kind of number of people, you expect to be quite a big sound, but it's not really.
1: It's impossible to capture that, unfortunately. Yeah, but um, still, you can kind of get a feeling if he's he's going in a different direction there. He's managing to kind of uh, yeah make a, a new sound, but it's a it will be dead within a couple of years um, when when jazz really breaks out. Um, and there is jazz going on at this point, but nobody's recording it, um, uh, because nobody thinks of going down to New Orleans to record music. It just doesn't seem to occur to anybody until right. quite a few years later. Let's have a listen to some more like a dance ragtime music to get a feeling of, uh, of where it is right now. Cause this is the, the hot genre of the year. Um, even as war breaks out in Europe, America is not involved. So they're still having kind of a party. Um, let's have a listen to uh eugene jowdus's national promenade band it's one of these artists where he's kind of um he was really big in these years but the the tide of jazz just swept him away uh major recording artist who doesn't seem to have much recorded about him now and nobody interested in writing something really it seems but um yeah this is called a meadowbrook work Okay, so that was Eugene Jowdus' National Promenade Band with Meadowbrook Rag. Um, What kind of sound would you describe that as? Uh, It's
2: woodpecker um, with having a little bit of fun with himself. I don't really get that. Like, it's... The the dominant sound to me, I guess the one that seems so alien to me is the one which sounds like it might have been from um, one of those... Noisemakers from a football ground of that era. You know the the clicky, mm-hmm. the clicky wooden clicker.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. I think the the deal with this is that it's um, it's a, I don't know a novelty music, mm-hmm. I'd say, but um, novelty music wasn't like ghettoised at this mm-hmm. point. It was it was kind of uh, when when you hear the early the really early jazz. It's got a kind of element of that, of like, uh, we are crazy out of control guys and we could, we could make any different sounds. You're, you'll never believe what sounds we're making next. Okay. And uh, it's, it, it's that kind of tradition that they're drawing on there. Um, let's have a listen to uh, something a little similar. This is uh, the Six Brown Brothers, who uh, recently became the Six Brown Brothers. They are previously the Five Brown Brothers. Another brother joined them. These guys, they, they survived through this time into uh, the jazz era just about and uh, became a early jazz act. Um, but they're a, a vaudeville troupe dressing as clowns playing trumpets. That's, that, that's their deal. All right. Um, so let's, let's hear what that sounds like. Yeah, so that was uh, the six Brown Brothers with uh, that moaning saxophone rag. Um,
2: that kind of that kind of music, I, I, it, it kind of makes my skin crawl.
1: Really? <laughs> like, okay.
2: It really is that kind of weird to me.
1: Okay, and they would make sort of jazz music a few years after mm. this. They kind of like transitioned into that. So th- it's the oh. kind
2: of music you expect in a really uncomfortable fair, <laughs> like. You know, it's in, you're watching the film and the that kind of music is on and you're like, something bad is going to happen. That's the vibe.
1: Okay. Uh, <laughs> they performed
2: as clowns with white makeup and one in blackface. Yes. Were they white men?
1: They were white men, of course. Okay, yeah. well, of course. Okay. Yeah, they performed many different songs and we'll, we might hear from them again in the future. Should we have one more ragtimey kind of band um yeah let's have just one more briefly this is the national promenade band with lulu Okay, that was the National Promenade Band with Lulu.
2: I dislike that
1: less. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm glad you say a bit less. So why do you, why do you dislike that it's one less? It's got a
2: little bit more, like like a, a more fun rhythm, I'd say. Okay. Um,
1: can you can you hear the link between these songs though? They've got this kind of like uh, novelty ragtime sound. Yeah, and
2: you've still got that that very clicky kind of. Um, Mm. Maraca or something, castanets, castanets and a xylophone. Is,
1: yeah. They're entertainers mm. trying to entertain everyone. I can kind of, I can kind of get that. So that's uh, that's where bands are at this point. Mm-hmm. These, these kind of bands, I would describe them as kind of uh, military or ragtime bands a mm-hmm. bit before this, and I'll be describing them as jazz bands a bit later.
0: On Cambridge One O Five Radio.
1: Where should we go next? Let's have a listen to uh, what's going on in the UK, shall we? All right. Um, this is a guy who you might have heard of. Um, he's called George Formby. Have you heard of George Formby?
2: Um, heard of a grill.
1: Not not the George Formby grill. Um, so jo- uh, jo- yes, okay. George yeah.
2: Formby was very famous for doing um, banjo things,
1: right? Uh, ukulele he had. Ukulele. Right banjo. Okay. Uh, this isn't that George Formby. This is his dad. This is George Formby Sr. rather than George Formby Jr. George Formby Sr. Um, was called the, the Wigan Nightingale uh, because he made a, a coughing noise because he had tuberculosis. Um, and uh, he, he wasn't around much longer than this, but he was a very major star in these days. Um, his uh, stage persona uh, was a, a b- big influence on uh, Charlie Chaplin. So he's very important kind of culturally at this point. Um, This is uh, his parody of uh, Alexander's Ragtime Band. It's called John Willie's Ragtime Band.
6: I'm a full band now. Talk about your ragtime brass band, your cigar band, and your rap band. We've got a band that holds the sway. It's a band down our way. Talk about your egg-time trombone, and your wishbone, and your fishbone. When you've all done playing, you can hold your breath. We've got all the other fellas skinned to death, because I've skinned them all myself. Oh, oh, John Willie's red time band. Oh, oh, John Willie's red time band. Hear us when we play on Wigan Pier. Mill girls flock around and give a cheer, and the colliers. All shout by Guntheria, Ichiko, Ichiko, Ichiko. We dress just like the Oscars blow. We've won gold cups and saucers, too. So. In Berry, now they do it grand. They hop round with black puddings in the rand. When they hear John Willis, a ragtime band, baby dear, listen here. Zim! Oh, oh, John Willis, a ragtime band, when we play, all the people faint away. Oh, oh, John Willis, a ragtime band, what a mob when we're out upon the job. Hear us when we play on Wiggin' fear. Mill girls flock around and give a cheer, and the colliers. All shout by gum here, here, mine's a beer, mine's a beer, mine's a beer. We dress just like the horse God blue swagger tubs and a pair of novice clogs. We've won gold cups and saucers too. No mistake, we're the lads to take the cake in Bolton. Now they know a lot with the cow wheel in the run, they can do the turkey trot when they hear John Willie's ragtime band.
1: So that was uh, George Formby Senior with John Willie's ragtime band. Uh, sounds from England. Uh, yeah, we don't have many recordings from the UK, but you can get a feeling of what people listen to around here at that point. Uh, you said that you recognise that from history.
2: Yeah, I mean, those are very his, historic songs that I think were probably quite familiar in like the nineteen fifties as well.
1: Because Alexander's Ragtime Band was a big hit of a couple of years right. before that. Sure. Um, no, but yeah.
2: it, his son, his the sound of what his son produced is quite similar.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's an imitation of him more than anything else. Let's have a listen to some novelty songs from uh, America now. Um, this is a ridiculous one by uh, Ada Jones. Technically English is Ada Jones. Although well, she moved to America at a young age. Uh, this is uh, her singing something called Pussycat Rag.
5: I've got an old maid sister, she's crazy over cats. She wears her hair, just paste it down, for she's afraid of rats. She's got the neighbors talking, and they don't think she's right. For you can hear her calling cats at any time of night. Kitty, 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 kitty,
4: kitty, kitty, kitty. Kitty, 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 Here, Puss. Come Puss. Just a little bit. That's enough of it. Kitty, 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 kitty. Kitty, 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 kitty. That's to get Give no. 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 it Hello. Hello. That's to the giddy, give it to the giddy, it right. That's the giddy, give
5: Underneath my window at 12 o'clock at night, they either serenade the moon or else they'll start a fight. Out comes my old maid sister and calls each one by name. Someday she'll lose her pussycat
4: if she keeps up that game. Kitty, kitty, little kitty, 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 kitty. Kitty, 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 kitty. kitty 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 kitty. Kitty, 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 kitty. Kitty, 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 kitty.
3: Listen, my goodness, sister, what is that hideous noise?
4: Why, that's tiny, my beautiful little Maltese cat.
3: Well, you'd better call tiny into the house or I can see her finish. Here comes a coon with a big bulldog. (coughs) Here,
4: tiny, 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 tiny. tiny.
5: Lay down there. What's the matter with you, boy?
4: (coughs) Oh, say, you hurried man. Why don't you call your dog away? I can't hold
5: that dog, lady. There can't nobody hold that dog the minute you see a cat. Simply impossible, ain't it, Jerry?
4: Well, if you don't go away, I'll call a policeman.
5: <laughs> Say, lady, the cops won't go near that dog's size. I can't hold him no longer, no how.
4: All right, then, let the dog go. But you wish you had not You'll be sorry. I gave you fair warning. <laughs> you
5: gave me warning, eh? You said that I'll be sorry? Go on, Jerry. Go for that old Molly bruiser and eat her up. Take <laughs> her. Go
4: for it, tiny. Give it to him. Give it to him, tiny. Go for it. Give it to him. Give it to him, Give it
5: to him. For goodness sake! Lady, what kind of a cat did you say that was?
4: Why, she's nothing but a little tame house cat.
5: Oh, mm-hmm, lady, that ain't no tame cat. That cat done made my bulldog look like a monkey. <laughs>
4: That's a wild cat. Enough of it. It's just
2: I, I find it so difficult to watch. Uh, sorry, not to listen, watch, listen to sounds like this because it I, it just makes me think that people at the time had a very different <laughs> understanding of what the, what things sound nice because that is. A hideous, hideous
1: pitch. That is a hideous pitch. I mean, Ada Jones is one is a is a funny thing because she's the the biggest recording artist of this era as well the female recording artist, um, but she does this kind of reedy old lady voice yeah, in all her songs.
2: It's, it's really really awful.
1: <laughs> okay, that's fair enough. I mean, it's not one of my favourites, but I think it's entertaining. I can understand people. You know, you think about um, how people listen to music through the ages, and at this point, it's. You you've got a gramophone and you've got some friends around. It's like, hey, I've got a gramophone. Let's put on a, a novelty record. We can hit, mm. we can listen to it. That's as we can all sit around and listen and laugh. That's right. that's how people consume yeah, music yeah, at yeah. this point, really. So that's that's how it worked. Um, okay, one one more novelty song before we're do <laughs> done with novelty songs. I feel like we've got I'm too sure many I'm of them. love this. Yeah, this is going to be your favourite, I'm sure. Uh, this one is possibly even racist, so uh, oh, I, I'm not. I'm not sure if it is, but I think it's kind of good as well. <laughs> good
4: Unfortunately, racism. those two
1: things are not always separable. Um, yeah, I really wish they were. Um, so this is uh, Billy Murray. not Bill Murray, it's Billy Murray with Ragtime Temple Bells.
0: On a great big Yankee man a war Was a great big Yankee blackjack tar On the coast of China One fine day cut his sticks and ran away Got a job the very first day ashore In a heathen temple as janitor His boss was a joss his ship Who sent him to ring the temple bells And every time he rang the chime He'd shudder and he'd win so he turned the bells in ragtime. They've been that way ever since. Boom, boom, bingity-bing in the morning sun. Boom, boom, bongity-bung when the day is done. Nothing could be sweeter than the syncopated meter of those sweet bells. Boom, boom, bingity-bing when the day is fair. Boom, boom, bongity-bung all the town is there. Every chinkle just as dippy as a coon from Mississippi. All oh, ring them bells, don't you hear them chiming? Lovey-dovey rhyming, jingle jangling tango-tangling, tangling, tangling, boom, boom, bingity-bing in the morning sun, boom, boom, bongity-bung when the day is done. Ragtime, 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 temple bell. When a Chinese boy in old Pekin goes to purify himself from sin, he walks along with step demure, very good boy to be sure. When the bells ring out that he's a knave, just can't make his feet behave. His sandals grow so queer and hot, they start him to do the turkey trot. So every Sunday school parade along the Pekin Way, Look looks something like a picture of a New York cabaret. Boom, boom, bingity-bing in the morning sun. Boom, boom, any bung when the day is done. Nothing could be sweeter than the single meter All those sweet bells. Boom, boom, any bing when the day is fair. Boom, boom, any bung all the town is there. Every chinkle just as zippy as a coon from Mississippi. Oh, ring them bells, don't you hear them chiming? Lovey dovey rhyming. Jingle, jangling, tangle, tangling, tangling, tangling. Boom, boom, bingity bing in the morning sun. Boom, boom, any bung when the day is done. Ragtime, ragtime, ragtime temple bell.
1: So that was Billy Murray with Ragtime Temple Bells, a mm. shameless cash in of the ragtime craze. Um, with a, a a fair dash of racism thrown in there as well, yeah um unavoidably so um so yeah, but it's catchy,
2: yeah, I actually that was I found that more enjoyable even in spite of the racism,
1: yeah, the um boom bing bigaly bang that was good, it's a classic, yeah, yeah, which I like that Lulu would uh use many years later at Eurovision. All right, let's go to the uh, caucuses. It's a difficult area throughout the next uh, few years because of uh, various the voting part. terrible historical events. The voting? The voting oh no, not cor- not not the,
2: not the voting caucuses. Not
1: not the voting caucuses in America. The, uh,
2: the... I mean, that was a mess. Yeah. It was a mess in Iowa. But...
1: Um, this is the folk and liturgical choir of Tbilisi.
2: Uh, as in, you're talking about the caucuses and Caucasian.
1: Uh, yes. So that bit between Turkey and Russia. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is uh, a recording session in Georgia uh, around this time um, in 1914. Mm. Uh, one of the uh, ethnographic pioneers went to Tbilisi to record different kind of uh, choirs the, um, from, from the area. And uh, some of the things he came back with, kind of astonishing, um, just kind of makes you wish we had a full range of recordings from all around the world at this point but uh, it's going to be a few years before we have anything resembling that. So yeah, this is uh, the uh, folk and liturgical choir of Tbilisi with uh, Chona, I believe it's pronounced. All right, so that was the folk and liturgical choir of Tbilisi with uh, Chona. What did you make of that?
2: I like that. Like, I, I, I like the harmonising, the very deep harmonising of that. That is, mm-hmm. it's, it does feel like you're falling into some kind of very, very different world.
1: Yeah, I wonder how many. Like amazing things we could have recorded at that time, mm. if what there had been lost. a chance. Yeah, what was lost to the as a Marconi had an idea that uh, we could build a device that would be able to uh, spin back sound waves so we could hear like history, we could hear Beethoven performing mm. or we could hear Julius Caesar's last words or something. A,
2: that sounds fairly physically
1: impossible it but doesn't a work dream. As, a, as an idea but um yeah I, I do wonder this i think we don't really have a good audio record of the world until the 30s really yeah. um and even then yeah. <laughs> and even then maybe not so much
2: only what people were paying attention to
1: yeah um but yeah beautiful stuff from uh, from Tbilisi there um georgia Winning the prize for best music of 1914 easily, I think.
5: On Cambridge 105
1: Radio. That's all we have for you today from Centuries of Sound. I've been James Errington. And uh, if you enjoy what you've heard here today and want to hear uh, a bit more music and a bit less me talking then uh, you can come along to my website, which is uh, centuriesofsound.com, a place where I make mixes, like Soundscape-style mixes, for every year, starting in 1853 all the way through to the present. And so far, I've reached the year 1923. So uh, lots of great stuff to come in the future. Uh, If you want to get in touch, if you've got any corrections for us or anything else, uh, I'm uh, james at centuriesofsound.com. You can find me on Twitter or Facebook. And uh, Liam... Yeah. Um, if people are interested in listening to you talk some mm-hmm. more, whereabouts can they go about doing that? I think they should just follow you in real life, probably.
2: Probably just follow me in real life. Yeah, with a microphone.
1: Yeah, demand to speak to you. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, James. So what do you what do you make of 1914? Is it a a progression from 1902? Uh, I think it was last time.
2: It's definitely better than 1902.
1: I would say. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean,
2: I guess that's just really tells you something about my own kind of perception of music, really. That obviously things that are closer to me in musical time are going to be more acceptable to me in terms of musical taste.
1: What's the uh, the time, the, the oldest music you would listen to generally?
2: I'd probably maybe 1930s blues, but even then it's pushing it
1: hmm what, what kind of things from 30s blues
2: delta um but like again i I wouldn't be able to specifically pinpoint like that was 1930s as opposed to 1940s or 50s like, nah, okay
1: you know, yeah fair enough
2: the, the, the earliest thing i'm like i'm certain that's something i really really like is someone like fats domino and that's i think quite a lot later
1: that is i think 50s even yeah i'd say for him there's loads of good stuff from 30s, from late 20s, especially. All right. Um, so thank you very much for joining us today. Um, we're going to play out with uh, somebody called Kitty Burger kitty burger <laughs> when i read this out loud it sounds kind of funny yeah. and don't don't eat kitty burgers that's horrible that um a... yeah burger is a respectable german family name kitty is a respectable german female name so nothing wrong with that this is kitty burger uh instrumental it's called romance from leclerc